Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Hi, and welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. I'm excited that today I have Felice Gerwitz on the show with me. Felice is a longtime friend. We met years ago at a homeschool conference, and we instantly found we had a lot in common. She is a speaker, an author, um, a mentor to many people, and uh, the brains behind this radio podcast show, which is so exciting because when I began homeschooling more than 28 years ago, we had so little access to help us get starting with homeschooling, and now we have seminars, workshops, books, um, uh, almost too many <laughs> choices in <laughs> curriculum, and now we have the podcast. So um, my husband and I have been friends with Felice. We've been in her home. She's hosted worldview conferences in her area, and I'm just excited you're here, Felice. So thanks for joining me on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Pat. I have so enjoyed getting to know you through the years, and you knew me when I just had uh, started writing and publishing and uh, were a mentor to me. I was amazed at how prolific an author you were, and uh, we had many of your your books on co-op, and especially your your book even on um, inventions. So I'm excited because you're going to be releasing some of those titles coming up, and they have been a staple in our home for many years. And I'm excited that a whole new generation of homeschoolers are going to have access to this material. Oh, well, that's sweet, and I'm excited. I have redone the inventors and inventions publication, and that's going to be available soon. My first publication, which was Information Please, was pre-internet days, and it taught children right. how to research using books, and now that's kind of obsolete. <laughs> but we have I loved know, that all was of before, your books. That was before Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now we just Google uh, everything. Yeah, let me look because online, Mom, on my phone, yeah. Well, it's nice, too, even in the... Even in the middle of co-op, when somebody brings up something and we have a question, we'll tell somebody to look it up. It, it's really neat. It's nice to have that information at our fingertips, and, and boy, does that change the dynamics of our lives. So, But we have enjoyed many of your publications. My children love, love, love the Truth Seekers books. We read them all aloud, and now I'm realizing, in fact, I, I just pulled them out the other day because I thought, okay, now I'm co-oping with grandchildren, so I can bring these books out my uh, eight-year-old granddaughter is a prolific reader. She loves chapter books, and I just gave her one for her birthday, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, um, when you were uh, doing a lot of the World View conferences, um, I used to laugh and say that, you know, Pat and, and crew sold more of our Choose Seekers Mystery Series than even Christian Book Distributors did. And that was because, you, you know, just like you said, Pat, that you loved the series yourself and had read them with your family, and so... Um, that's another thing that we're hoping in the near future to um, revamp those uh, with covers. And I have some exciting news to release about that in the future. Um, what we're hoping to do is do a talent search where we will search for the characters in the book because currently the characters in the book, there's no real picture of them. So we're going to be seeking in the homeschool, uh, Christian homeschool arena, um, some characters for the front covers of the books that will 
be real people that we can take pictures of, and uh, that will be a blessing. So yeah, and then put it up. in audio, and then put it yes, in audio. Right? Audio is, <laughs> is then something um, that dramatized. That was something else. So we do. We have a lot that we're going to be doing, and um, you know, also we have our creation, science, astronomy, anatomy, and uh, geology book that I co-authored with Jill Whitlock. And and really and truly, when we started that series, it was because, like you said, at the beginning of our homeschool journey, there were not a lot of curriculum choices. And most people enjoyed co-ops because it allowed them to do some things um, outside of the home um, or bigger projects. So our creation study guides have been used in co-ops and um, uh, recently, a few years ago, I recorded sessions online. We did online classes, and three of them are recorded. I need to do creation geology is the last class that will be taught, but those are available in bundles. So um, we have some well, special offers and things. Yeah. Then you could use those right in the co-op, right? Are these, right, are these, you could. You have, have to have a, a is co-op. Is it audio or video or what is it? It is an it is an audio, and we are working on getting that into a video format with a slide presentation. Because when I did it live, again, um, we were before our time. <laughs> Why do we do this, Pat? Technology, please hurry up and catch up with my ideas. Um, we we were showing the PowerPoint slides on a static screen, and I was talking, and that was before. Yeah you could screen capture that. Um, the creation science, the, that class in particular, I brought in some amazing, amazing people. Like one of them is Joe Taylor, who a lot of people have not heard of, but in the creation world, he's big guns. And he's probably one of the most noted paleontologists with the, the dinosaur bones that he's uncovered. So he came on as a guest. and. I had a couple of zany guys that were just enamored with uh, the whole creation message, and they did a really funny parody of um, uh, just a it, – it's a, a video that they created. And so I had one of the creators on. So it was it's really cool. There's six classes, and um, currently they're just in audio with handouts. But you know us, we go overboard, and there's a 72-page handout that goes along with our creation science um, class that is in addition to the creation science study guide um, as well as the creation activity pack. So if people uh, go to MediaAngels.com. Yeah, we we go overboard. You know that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and and I will put that link in places too. And, you know, it's so nice to have these resources for co-ops. And one thing I discovered years ago, because my strong suit was not science, I am loving it the more I'm learning about it, but it just Mm -hmm. wasn't my favorite subject in school. I sort of endured it and chewed up and spat out and got by. But now as a homeschool mom teaching my kids, I'm loving it more and more. But I realized my children fell in love with it when we did it together at co-ops. And I don't know what it is that makes it, well, it's better together. But when they're with friends and they're doing experiments and and they're seeing all the different um, outcomes of the experiments together and and talking about it and sharing in that experience, it just makes it so much more richer. So using your products at co-op is is a very easy thing to do, and it really enhances the co-ops too. 
And I even like assigning books like The Truth Seekers. I, we just did a, a co-op with American Girls, and the, and the little girls read the Meet books, Meet Molly, Meet Kit, every week just to get an overview of the time period we were studying. So having a book that they read that you break down into chapters is something we often do in co-ops because, yeah, I don't know about you, but with this age of technology, my youngest kids just, they don't read as much as my older ones did. They're They're on their technology <laughs> they're on their right. ipods and their computers and everything far more than they have their nose in a book much to my dismay but when you have the co-ops and you do assign the reading it's one way that you know they're going to get it done and oftentimes we read aloud well when i had nine children at home it was easier for me to read to all of them and i loved being involved and in knowing what they were learning and what they were hearing and what they did and didn't understand so that was really good. But let's talk about co-ops and, and the kind of co-ops you've done and the benefits you've seen from it. And, you know, so many parents are afraid of even giving co-oping a try, which sort of boggles my mind because what's the worst that can happen? And even if you start a co-op and you have disasters, which sometimes we do, we do come across mm. some problems, we do have right. challenges, you can still work through them, and, and you can get past that, and you can make the next event even better, and you can learn from those experiences. But even now, you can learn from all of our experiences because we've done it right. for so many years. We have really tweaked it. But share share with our listeners about your co-op experiences. Well, the first one kind of ruined it for all the rest because I was with a group of amazing moms and uh, moms with some, you know, resources uh, and, and just ingenuity. And, and like we said, you know, when we started homeschooling, and just to give you a time frame, I started with Neil um, even before 1986, but I usually say that that is the year that I, I started in earnest with him. Um, and that was with Christina going to a preschool. So I have to admit, while I homeschooled K-12, <laughs> my kids went to preschool because I was a teacher and that was, um, you know, was eventually going to go back to teaching. So um, you know, that was where I was, uh, my my mindset was. But Neil, um, you know, definitely broke the mold there. And, I, you know, he was um, struggling academically, and I just knew that he was going to be labeled, stamped, and put in a room somewhere. Uh, in fact, they had, um, because Neil was not very verbal, they had him in a nonverbal um, class is where he would have gone if he had gone into the system, even though I had argued with them. So, um, you know, it didn't bode well for me. So we started this co-op with these um, eight ambitious moms that I met, and we each um, took a month. And I think we did this two years in a row, and the second year was a little bit better because two moms took one month. So, in other words, you only had really one month of the school year that you were teaching a co-op because we, we broke it up that way. And I know there's a lot of different ways to do it, but that's just how we did it. And We've so like one year ours up that way. That's yeah. a great idea. Well, it was, have to try it that was great <laughs> because they were little and we did immersion. So right. they were immersed in the medieval period of time, for example. And my girlfriend That's our next co-op. Yeah, well, she baked bread and she used that as a plate and – and she was baking bread um, as a little side business for her girls and herself, even though her husband was a dentist and she lived in a really nice subdivision. But she did; she was teaching her children skills. And that's what I loved about that, that time of, of you know, um, co-oping and homeschooling because even if you had money, you had some really good um, 
Uh, let's see. I I, I want to say underpinnings, but just the philosophy I think was was a little bit different then, and hopefully it, it is now as well. But um, the philosophy was that you know we were going to teach our kids as if we were, I think we we had immersed ourselves back in Little House in the Prairie days too. Yes. Um, so we were going to immerse our our kids in you know roll up the sleeves and let's do it, and that's why unit studies were the flavor of the month then. They're not quite the flavor of the month anymore, um, and yet but I we think see a lot we need to go back to it. Um, I do, so I do too, Good. because um, you know that was. I mean, she even had her neighbors dress up in period costume as oh. king and queen, and they presided <laughs> at the table. And the kids. Did she set the bar for your co-op, or did she? Oh, it was no, she did, she did. <laughs> and then I had science, which somehow um, I got you know um, into that, and so. Oh. I ended up having um, a weather station. So we did all aspects of weather uh, with the failed experiment of a hot <laughs> air balloon. And so that ended up being, um, you know, really timely uh, for my kids because they were really interested in all of these kinds of things. And we had a hurricane come by, but it did pass us over. You know how the Lord creates these I call, you know, these little incidences that happen uh, that that just perfectly tie into our homeschooling. So I remember the kids taking a video outside with the wind gusts coming up and Christine and Neil and their hair blowing and whatever, you know, with the storm, but it did pass us by. So each of us did that, and it worked really well. Um, you know, even though the hot air balloon uh, that was the weather thing, we had a hair dryer that filled it up with hot air, but it was made of tissue paper, and the kids burnt a hole in the the tissue paper, but we used it as a wall decoration afterwards, but it did fill with air, so they did get a little bit of of the gist of it. But you know well, what? We can learn from our failures, too. <laughs> yes, but we you know what I loved was the fact that when things got expensive, you could share the cost, because I know one of the experiments exactly. we did... Um, included milk, you know, and a gallon of milk now is expensive. And who wants to put food coloring and soap in your milk just to show some swirly, really cool, you know, displacement, not displacement, um, oh, my mind's going, uh, like surface tension type of experiment. You know, it's fine to take water and shake pepper in and then put a right. drop of, of soap so, and, it, you know, yeah. it scatters it, it shows surface tension. But to do it in milk, you know, you have to think yeah. twice. So that's why co-ops work so well because you can, you know, do that and share expense. Well, you're compiling the, the brain matter and the workforce and the finances, and, and that all works together. We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to talk some more about co-ops. Great. I'm a publisher, and one day my daughter Christina asked me to write a novel with her. Well, that day was long ago, and that little girl is now an adult. But our novels live on. The Truth Seekers Mystery Series highlights a homeschool family, the Murphy Teens, in an action-adventure novel that is sure to entertain as well as teach creation truths. To get your copy, visit our website at truthseekersmysteryseries.com.
All right, and I highly recommend our listeners to check those books out because the children do really enjoy them. The adults enjoy them as well. One of the things you said reminded me um, of a point I wanted to make, too, about co-ops, which is so beautiful, and that is that we can bring our children wherever they're at in life, whether they can read or not read, whether they speak in public or don't, um, depending on their disabilities, they can come to co-op and participate and function and do well there. And and I know the co-ops that I organize, I usually leave the homework assignments to the parents and tell them, you know what, you can expect as much or as little out of your children. That's between you and them. I'm not going to expect you to do everything. And and for that reason, some parents will come and they'll try a co-op out and they'll think, I don't know, I don't know how this will work. And then they visit a few times and the kids observe and it ends up working out really well and they usually in fact one co-op friend came with small children and she said we're just going to watch they're young we're not going to do this right now but we're going to watch and see what you do and by the third week her kids were begging to do presentations because one of the things we do make a strong point in our co-ops is to include presentations so children will begin young getting up in front of a safe and friendly audience giving a presentation not being afraid and growing up not having a fear of public speaking not only not having a fear but excelling in those skills and being able to um, articulate what they believe and why and share it with others so the fact that you mentioned that your son wasn't the you know he was the square peg fitting in the round hole in school that's often true of many many children and Mm -hmm. because they don't all read at the same age they're not all at the same level our co-ops have included children some have included children from age 4 to 16 and it works it still can work right it it can and I know that a lot of people do high school co-ops unfortunately um, as much as I hate to admit in my area um, it is really difficult um, to gather a group of high schoolers together because so many kids either do, there's a lot of enticement in the high schools and colleges now with dual enrollment and things like that. So we really don't even have enough high schoolers in this area um, to co-op. And then there's a new flavor that's out there, which is the co-op schools, which um, you pay a pretty high fee. Um, pretty comparable even to private schools, and the child attends three days a week, and you uh, homeschool two days. And that seems to be where the high schoolers tend uh, to go. So, you know, a lot of what we have talked about and in, in we uh, created as homeschool moms um, is not necessarily available in most, uh, well, in my area, but hopefully in your area. Um, there will be interest in high school co-ops and kids continuing to uh, homeschool through high school. What do you see in your area, Pat? Well, I I do see that flavor changing in a huge way. And with those co-ops you mentioned, they've sprouted up everywhere. And and there's a lot of positive things about them. But I know even right now the co-op that just ended for the teenagers in Tallahassee, they had a a big group. And several in that group were also a part of this uh, uh, classical co-op mm-hmm. and and they mm-hmm. did they did both um what i do see and, and what saddens me is and and i know this isn't going to be true of every single class available but the ones i've participated in has they've had a very 
minimal amount of conversation time during the day because they have so much they're trying to accomplish and teach and and mark off their list. They have an agenda, and they're going to fulfill it, and that's what they're there for, and that's what they're getting paid to do. But unfortunately, it doesn't leave a lot of time for the children to think and, and talk and question and discuss. And to me, I think I just shared this on another show, too. My personal experience, there's two things that I think are causing our children raised in Christian homes to grow up and walk away from the faith. One of them, I think, is hypocrisy among Christians, which is huge, and we all have it, and Mm -hmm. we're held to higher standards, and unfortunately, that's going to always be the case because we're not God and we're not perfect, and we should work on it, and we should try not to be. But the other thing, I think, that is sending kids away from the faith is it's not their faith. They haven't come to grips with it. They haven't Mm. questioned it. They haven't looked for it, talked about it. When I taught worldview seminars, I would teach elementary children. I would read them a statement in a book. I would get their response. It would be the one I would expect. They're mimicking and parroting what they've been taught. They couldn't tell me why. And and I would say to them, you know what, don't give an answer unless you can support it. And And you're young now, so you can say, this is what my parents taught me, but you need to look into this for yourself. But sadly, I'd go do it to the teenagers, and they would do the same exact thing, and they couldn't defend. And they were arrogant in their answers, and they were staunch and dogmatic at that time. But what's going to happen is, if they haven't flushed it out, if it hasn't become their faith, if they haven't asked the questions and questioned the answers, when they leave, somebody who sounds very intellectual is going to give them some philosophy or theory or or a belief system that that they're going to fall for. So one of the things that I think is the most important about teenage co-ops is having, we do it now with breakout sessions. We divide them into groups because we found, too, at that age they're afraid to raise their hand and answer, not all of them, but most, because they don't want to be embarrassed. But if you put them in a group and make a group leader and say, discuss this and share with the rest of us your answer, it's amazing what they come up with. And we even switch off who's going to be the leader each week. So they, they enjoy teamwork, they learn leadership skills, but then they have the conversations and then they can talk about it and then they can learn because we, I was I was raised not to ask questions, and I've had to teach myself to ask the right questions and to even be aware of situations where there are questions to be asked. And unfortunately, many homeschool parents are indoctrinating their children with what they feel are right answers, and they may be, and we hope they are, but the children don't understand that. And 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 so that that to me is one of the beauties of co-oping in a situation where you have that time allowed for the discussion. So right. I think it's sort of sad that we've turned to more classroom than co-op <laughs> and that we've made our um, academics such a high priority. We're leaving out conversations. Yeah, we, we're we hosting um, quite a few different podcasts on the network. And one, I um, actually asked my brother-in-law to do current issues in the Constitution. And what we have found on that show as well is that the moms have a lot of questions, and he asked me to ask the moms not to ask questions because he wants the kids <laughs> to ask the questions. And uh, and so, you know, there's a combination of, of that that goes on. But the amazing thing we found is that when you ask a typical, even a typical Christian homeschool teen about the Constitution, they really can't tell you a lot about it. And he has them get it out. But you know what I found is that my kids are walking around saying, well, that's unconstitutional because it's in Article 2 or it's in, 
you know, whatever. I mean, you hear how I'm talking. I don't know it. But they know it, and they've learned it. And the same thing with my daughter in college. When she went to college and took a Florida archaeology class, um, unbeknownst to me, you know, um, that that was what her minor was going to be in. I guess she double majored. I don't remember. It's been too long ago. Especially (laughs) Christina who wrote the novels. But um, I think she minored because it wasn't a major yet. But um, so when she took the class and he began with carbon fourteen dating, she jumped in um, after <laughs> one of the little one of the little girls said, well, little girls, an eighteen year old in her freshman year of college said, um, you know what, professor, I learned in my evangelical Christian school that that's not right, but I don't know why. I wish my mother was here. And Christina raised her hand, and she basically told them why carbon fourteen uh, dating could not be used for millions of years. And, you know, it had a, a, you know, so she she explained it, and he was like, oh, no. So she called me and said, Mom, I'm in, I'm already, it's my first week of school, I'm in trouble. The professor has to see me in his office. And basically what he said to her was, you really know and understand your stuff, but I don't want to take up a lot of class time in this. Because he did tell her in not. class she, she was right. He did tell her that. So he was a, he was one of those kinds of professors, you know, everything went. It was that it was an it was a, a non-Christian college and we knew right. that going in. But she was able to defend her faith. She would come home and argue with um, you know, atheists and then they were she'd come home, they're not atheists anymore, they're agnostics, you know, because mm-hmm. she could argue the, you know, can you prove there is no god and they couldn't you know, definitively prove that. So she would say, well, you're not an atheist, you're an agnostic. And she would say, there's one more step towards the Lord, you know. But but it's because this is a child who grew up in a family um, with a mom who who really encouraged, as you said, Pat, we had the time to talk. We took family trips. We did our camping trips to this day. Um, we camp now with my adult daughter, her husband, and my five grandkids, you know, and um, and I I try really hard to take one or two um, of the little grandkids, you know, every once in a while, I just, if, if they're here, I'll say, I need to go run an errand, can I just take Emma or can I just take mm-hmm. Sammy? And it's just our time, you know, it's 15 yeah. minutes to the store and back, but um, I you do know, the it same just thing. It's great yeah, being a grandma. It is. <laughs> yeah. it is. It really is. And so we have to invest in our kids. We have to invest in that time. In some, and you know, there there is this um, another one of our shows. We're pitching all our shows today, but um, homeschooling in real life. They're doing. They as of this recording, they probably finished the first part one and two. But it's like homeschooling will save your kids. We believe that so much about homeschooling is fundamental um, in what the Lord has mandated in Scripture. But we also have to have our eyes open and know that our kids, like you said, Pat, if they're not able to talk and discuss and defend their faith and and make it their own, and, you know, co-ops is, is one of the ways that you can do that. Well, it's a way um, to be intentional, and it also is a way right. to help the parents who don't have a clue, especially if they're if they're new homeschoolers and their children are older, if they're pulling them out of school. You know, right. I remember one year at FPEA, um, Raymond Moore was speaking, and, of course, he doesn't 
talk about bringing the school to the home. He talks about real-life learning. And this couple came to my booth and said, but we're pulling him out of fifth grade, and all he knows is school, and that's, and shouldn't we just start that way and do that at home? And I said, no, you shouldn't. I said, and here, read these. And I gave him some books, and one was Raymond Moore's, I think, Better Late Than Early, or one of his, I don't know which one. He has so many good ones. And I, I said, take these tonight, just you know, you don't have to buy them, take them, go to your room, look at them, come back tomorrow. And out in the hall, they ran into Raymond Moore, and they gave him the same saga. We're pulling him out of school. He's been in school. Shouldn't we just do the subjects? And he looked at the stack of books, and he says, you go read those. He says, no, you don't want to do that. So it it was good. But there are so many parents who they didn't know. They were like me, raised in a school where you weren't taught to ask questions. You were told to be quiet unless you were called on and then just give the answer to the question you were asked. And and so there are parents who are afraid of this, and that's why co-oping is, you know, you can use the strengths of those in the co-op who, like you in science and, and me in worldview, and in this last co-op I did, most of them were newbies. The moms did the snacks and the crafts and the cleanup. They did the things they were comfortable doing. But they loved the mm-hmm. co-op and they loved seeing, really, it's so much easier now. It's with PowerPoint, oh, my goodness. I, oh, there is. Apparently. There is. <laughs> yeah. But our last you know, co-op, we – yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to well, say – We should <laughs> – well, we'll both start. Uh, we should – with the book we watched was about the 70s. So in the middle of this mm-hmm. co-op, we showed a video of Olga Corbett, the Russian gymnast, a video of Carrie Scruggs, because they were both in the book talking about gymnasts. We showed Billie Jean King beating Bobby Riggs in the feminist movement and ERA and, and the cable cars in San Francisco, because that was in the book. And do you know those were first started to pull the horses up the hill? They were made for horses. So we had all these videos that we could just plug right into the middle of the PowerPoint, and boy, it just brings the Learning to life. I mean, talk about immersion. It is. It is just cool. <laughs> it is, and you know, and, and you're pulling on the, you know, the knowledge of the person presenting. And you know, again, my my brother-in-law was going to talk about history because these three uh, younger ones, the two older loved science, the younger three really loved history, and that's why I pulled my brother-in-law so much into our home school. He was. Um, a high school teacher, but uh, was really fascinated with our homeschooling. And every um, Thanksgiving, they come uh, to Florida, and they come during the summer because they they love to stay on Sanibel, which is close by, and they rent a a cottage there, and we get to go see them. But we we got to know them through the years because they live in West Virginia. And and what he did was he pitched to his principal a pass-fail class, kind of like what homeschooling is. You know, you don't necessarily get grades for everything. We don't grade. I know some other people do. Right. But we even through high school, um, I have, you know, this weighted system that I use, and you can get an A for doing this this work, a B, and so forth, because we have to have them on transcripts for college. Sure. But anyway, he did this. Um, he studied this technique, and it's all – with presenting a question, and that's how he taught the American history and American government class, but that is video pad, and that is available for co-op. So um, he did that methodology, and when he first did it in the homeschool setting, we had really upset homeschool kids because it's exactly what you said. They wanted the answer. They're comfortable with chewing up and spit out. Yeah, that's what they wanted. Yeah, they didn't know what to do. In fact, I had to stop him. uh, Like We we were recording, and we were recording um, in a a format that we could do the video. And I had to say to him, could you explain to the kids 
you know, exactly what it is that's expected because he would he presented things um, in chronological order in history, but they were just PowerPoint slides, very few words, and him talking. So each slide, it could be anywhere from two minutes to, to eight minutes with just him talking and bringing in pictures. And they didn't have a hook because it was new information. And then he started presidents. He called it... Well, that, this was fabulous facts. That's what he called his history class. And the other one was um, pres events, like the events in the lives of American presidents. So you had to find it and figure out what president was president at the time of, like, you know, the cotton gin or whatever picture oh. he showed. And my kids were really frustrated because they had a run chart and it was zero. And the next Research week it was zero. <laughs> and the next week it was zero. Yeah. I mean, they were not happy campers. And, um, the, you know, of course, my, my sixth grader was taking a high school level class because that's when he was. But they're retaking this class now, and my son was really happy when the president came up that he was able to score 9 out of 10, but he had remembered that from two years ago. So there's a lot the of links to those classes. I that's will. It's, it's actually it's AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com is the website. AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com. You'll have to send but, it to me. <laughs> but you know what? At between the two of us, um, you know, we have a lot of of knowledge that has really helped us. And it was, you know, let's encourage these moms. Uh, listening today, maybe they're new homeschoolers, you know, look at your resources. Whenever I would speak, oh, yeah. and I would speak on science fair projects, I would say to a room full of people, um, especially at conferences, because it's really fun there, you know, raise your hand if you're a doctor, you're a nurse, or you have some degree in biology. And I would just have them raise their hands, and I would have them stand up. And I'd say, okay, don't move. And I would say to everyone else in the room, look around and see if you recognize any of these people and if they li live near you because these are your resources, you know, and everybody would laugh and uh, quickly okay. sit down. But it's true, you know, like you that needed a biology professor or somebody or, or a nurse to sign off on your science fair project, and you would say, well, I can't do one because I don't have the resources. Right. Look around where you live. I mean, we do have co-ops that are specific, for example, on public speaking, if I wanted to plug into some of those. Right. So there are those kinds of things in your area. Get connected. Um, find those resources we've created between the two of us, you know, um, we've created quite a few things that have worked for us. And whenever I use something like that for my family, especially since my brother-in-law is in West Virginia, you know, we have um, made that available to the public. So, Right. Um, so, and and know, the podcast on your show. I mean, there are so many there that touch on so many right. different subjects. And the one I did recently with Stacy Farrell, Philosophy Adventures, her publications are all geared toward asking questions. That's what they're all Wonderful. about. So, you know, they can buy that. They can purchase it. It's in their hands. They could even download it instantly now. I mean, boy, how great right. is that? Although I like hard copy in my hand. But it's available, and it asks the questions. And, you know, one time in co-op we showed Ray Comfort's movie 180, and I showed the movie in co-op to show them, look what a few well-worded questions can do to a person's mm. belief system because I that love movie, that one. I know it's say, so Say it again. Up. Say it again, Pat, slower so people can can go find it on, on that's one of the rare times yeah. I'm not a big YouTube person. <laughs> yeah. But even though we're gonna have a media we do have a Media Angel YouTube channel that we're gonna be using more. All but, right. um, yeah. but uh add, yeah add tell them that one again. Ray Comfort produced it and it's called one eighty 
and and you can find it online and it's simply him going up to people on the street and asking questions that are worded in such a way that by the time he finishes the conversations they're doubting their belief system or they have changed their belief system it really mm-hmm. is amazing and it really helps the kids see how important that is so yeah we have resources like we've never had before and right. it is such a blessing sometimes it's overwhelming and we stand there i mean you mm-hmm. go to a convention hall right. and my goodness but praise God, you know, and then we'll right. do podcast and people who've been there done that, they can help guide the others along and introduce them to and and begin the adventure of homeschooling and homeschooling co-op style, which is better together. So I appreciate you being on the show. We're out of time. You. If you have any last words to share, you can. Any last thing? Uh, just, just uh, I, you know, I really encourage everyone to come uh, to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network com and uh, visit our podcasters. We have many. Uh, we'll be adding lots more. And just really appreciate you, Pat, your friendship. And I uh, look forward to seeing you again sometime soon so I can give you a hug. Uh, just so appreciate everything that you've done uh, for the homeschool community and are continuing to do. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity, and I think it's so exciting that not only are their podcasts archived, they're available on iTunes, which I'm just now learning yes. how to Yay. use. Yay. So. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, and you have a great weekend, and we will be in touch. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, this has been Homeschooling, Co-op Style. 